Oh, the composure of Jesus. He never lost it. Even when he was angry, there was a sense of self-control. Oh, the composure of Jesus. You ever stopped and asked yourself this question, how many peace treaties have been broken? All of them. That's the answer. All of them have. And then you look at John 14, 27 as Jesus speaks of peace. The peace of Jesus, remember this statement. The peace of Jesus deals with our trouble, our ignorance, and our fears. The peace of Jesus can deal with our troubles, our ignorance, and our fears. That, my friends, is what John 14, 27 is saying to us. There's so little peace in this world. And when peace treaties are signed, we know that it won't be but a matter of a short period of time before those treaties are broken. How we ought to be thankful that Jesus is the Prince of Peace... Isaiah 9 and verse 6. How we should be diligent to be found in Him without spot or blemish, but in peace. 2 Peter 3 and verse 14. How we ought to let the peace of God rule our hearts. Colossians 3 and verse 15. Briefly tonight, I want to focus on John 14 and verse 27. Interestingly enough, this is another passage that was given by you, one of you, as a best-loved passage. We examine John 14, 1 through 6, the beginning of this chapter this morning. Now let's kind of work our way toward the end in John 14 and verse 27. Four truths about the peace that Jesus gives. Four truths about the peace that Jesus gives. Truth number one. Let's consider peace its source. Peace its source. If you're looking at John 14, 27, you will see the personal pronoun I three times. I, I, I. Jesus is really getting personal. And he uses the personal pronoun my once. My peace. See it? He is the source of the Christian's peace. I mentioned in the Lord's Supper meditation, if we just go on to chapter 15, he mentions my love. John 15, 9 and 10. In John 15 and verse 11, he mentions my joy. 
I, I, I want you to know my, my, my peace, love, and joy. If ever there were a circumstance in which Jesus should have been disturbed and troubled and probably needed the encouragement of others, it would have been on this, the night he would be betrayed and taken away to be crucified. But this is the very time he is talking about trusting God and trusting Him, and he's talking about the peace that he is leaving with his followers. I'd call that composure. Even though I know that he was troubled. The word in Hebrew is a familiar word. The word is shalom. Shalom. It occurs about 250 times in the Old Testament. Number 6 and verse 26, the priestly benediction, the priestly prayer. The Lord lift His countenance upon you and give you peace. That's what's happening because of the events that would follow the rest of the evening and over the next three or so days. The source of peace. And it seems to me when we look at this, that Christ's peace, Christ's love, and Christ's joy, they were triplets, they were a triad that the early church really thought about and really emphasized. One of the reasons I think that is Galatians 5.22. When you look at the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Same three terms. The joy of God, the love of God, the peace of God. All with Jesus being the, the referent in John 14 and 15, with the Spirit being the referent in Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit, the God of love, the God of peace, the God of joy, our exceeding joy. Psalm 43, verse 4. So when we look at the source... The source of peace is the Lord. You know, we often, when we think of the triads or triplets as Christians today, qualities that really go together, probably most people would think initially of 1 Corinthians 13, 13, now abides faith, hope, and what? These three, but the greatest of these is love. What do the two triads have in common? What do the two triplets have in common? Love. There is no peace and joy and faith and hope without love. And love will last, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 13. So we've looked at the source of peace. Let's take a moment and consider secondly this truth. Consider the nature of peace. Consider the nature of peace. 
Now, the particular Greek word here in John 14, 27 that's translated peace is found 93 times in the New Testament. That's a lot. But only about six or so times in the Gospel of John. Not very often. And only from John 14, 27 to the end of the book, John 21. Not before that. Here's what the word peace means. Listen up, Troy. Peace is not the absence of conflict or trouble in our lives. Peace is not the absence of conflict or trouble in our lives, but the presence of adequate resources because of our relationship with Jesus. It's not the absence of trouble or conflict, Ron. You know that, my brother. But it is the presence of adequate resources in our relationship with Jesus. Sometimes the people who are going through the greatest heartache and trouble and conflict in their lives seem to have the greatest sense of peace. How do they do that? Because of the possession of adequate resources due to the relationship we can have with Jesus. My salvation, my peace, my love, my joy. Those are pretty awesome blessings, amen. So you've got this nature of peace. The possession of adequate resources due to our relationship with Jesus. Our faith may be tried, James 1, 2 through 4, 1 Peter 1, 6 through 9, but there will be manifold grace when we experience manifold trials. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. Now, there's another word I want you to look at in John 14, 27. And if you listened to Big Jeff as he read for us, you heard it. The word is leave. My peace I leave with you. Do you see that? Maybe mark it. The word means to leave behind intentionally. To do it on purpose. Sometimes we leave something behind by accident. You ever done that? Maybe it's your phone. And if it's not your phone, it might be something else. But we leave things behind unintentionally, but Jesus intentionally leaves his peace behind for us. It has been a habit of mine for probably close to 40 years that when I stay with someone, when I'm preaching, I leave 52 cents most of the time under the pillow 
as I'm about to leave. 52 cents. You might ask, why 52? Well, it started out being about 26, and with inflation now and all these years, it's up to 52 cents. And normally, I include a little note where I say, thanks for everything, especially the clean sheets. And it's sort of been a joke for people that have known. And I leave it behind intentionally. Hopefully they'll smile a little bit. Oh, what Jesus left behind on purpose. It ought to make us smile from ear to ear. His peace. Look at another word. My peace leave I with you. My peace give I to you. Give. It's a gift. His peace. I wonder how many Christians have had the gift of peace given to them by Jesus and they've never unwrapped the gift. I want to tell you, some Christians are always in crisis mode. And if you're always in crisis mode and you go from one crisis to the next, you better know the Lord of peace and open the gift. One of the things about the church is we're often going from one crisis to the next. Amen? You can go ahead and say that. You can shake your head. Because it's true. And even though that is true, it is also true that Christ's peace is available. And there's no way that we could ever account for that except for the gracious love and provision of God. I'm leaving this on purpose, intentionally. It's there for you, it's a gift. I give to you. Third, having looked at the source and the nature, consider third, peace, its excellence. These last two points will be quick and almost painless. Not as the world gives. The excellence of of Christ's peace is that it's not as the world gives. The world's peace is about externals. The peace of Jesus is about eternals. And that is a huge difference. The peace of the world is about faking it or grinning and bearing it. The peace of Jesus is about receiving it and understanding that it's part of His salvation and His love and His joy. Not as the world gives. A peace that is out of this world a peace that is beyond human comprehension, Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. A peace that is to be sought and pursued, 
1 Peter 3 and verse 11. Seek peace and pursue it. You will keep him in perfect peace whose heart has stayed on you because he trusts you. Isaiah 26 and verse 3. There's no peace for the wicked. Isaiah 48, 22. The priest of Jeremiah's time said, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Jeremiah 6 and verse 14. Jesus gives peace, not as this world. A fourth truth, a final truth from this passage. Peace, its application. Notice what the Lord says. He is talking to his disciples, and their world was about to be rot. He is about to leave, and they don't understand how he can go away. But the only way that they can have a home with God forever is if Jesus goes to the cross. And so Jesus says what he began the chapter with. Let not your heart be troubled. Remember that word troubled from this morning? Don't let your heart be all shaken. Don't let your heart be all stirred up. Don't lose your composure over everything. Don't be in such inner turmoil that you think all is lost. Then he says, Neither let it be afraid, or let your heart fear. It's the only time this term afraid or fear is found in all of the New Testament. Don't be so shaken and in a condition of such inner turmoil that you act like a coward and forget about your peace. Christ's love, Christ's joy, and Christ's salvation. That's what John 14, 27 is about. We are about to stand and sing a song of encouragement, which we typically do. This song of encouragement is a song where we praise God, and yet at the same time we are encouraging one another. There may be a person here who is outside of Jesus. You don't know the peace that he has in store for you. You don't fathom the love that he has and the joy. You need to embrace his salvation. And you embrace that salvation by coming to God and trusting in what God has provided in Jesus to give you forgiveness, peace, and joy, and you respond to his love with your own.
for those of us who are Christians, peace is not the absence of trouble or conflict, but the presence of adequate resources because of the relationship we have in Christ. How we respond to trouble and conflict may be one of the most telling things about us. Do I possess adequate resources because of my relationship with Christ? Of course we do. Don't just say it. Show it. Because the world needs to see Jesus probably as much in 2023 as the world has needed to see Jesus in a long, long time. Let us stand and sing.